You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday afternoon, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who is the Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities based in Johannesburg. And David, I was just hearing a couple of stats this morning from my morning commentator, and it's actually been quite a good start to the year for the JSE. At last, we're sort of connecting with the rest of the world to a limited degree. I think, I think uh, to a limited degree, I think you have to qualify that. Um, the one thing that's caught us completely by surprise, and we're trying to get a better feel for it, has been uh, palladium. You know, yeah. we didn't even know it existed before, I mean, last year. And, and suddenly now it's bringing huge riches to a lot of investors who went into platinum shares and to Mr. Fronum in particular, who's uh, doing incredibly well. But, I mean, it, it, it's given our market a bit of a lift. And I also think that the better feel that's in the rest of the world has just given some kind of support to our offshore giants. But when you dig deeper than that, there's not much to go for. So if you look at our banks, if you look at our retailers and companies like that, they've been under a lot of pressure. I, you know, I've got, I haven't done the work. I mean, we've only been back, what, two, three weeks, etc. So I haven't done the work on the performance there. But I think just giving it a, you know, talking to you, looking at the market on a day-to-day basis, um, every day it's a Bunyar or it's Impalas or it's uh, BHP or companies like that or even ABM, Bevan, British American Tobacco. So, Locally, I'm not sure um, what the situation is. And I think if we have to analyze the data, um, Lindsay, it's not looking good. You know, it's, 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 if anything, it's pointing downward, the news that's filtering through. Have a look. Yeah, talking about that Palladium story, again, I featured that this morning with Nick Kunza. And he put up quite a good tweet, actually, about the falling supply and the rising price. It's a very simple story. There's too much demand, or not too much demand. There's, there's more demand than there is supply. And if you look at the bbc.com website, it's on the front page. And it's, it's a feature on, on Palladium. And probably people don't really understand what Palladium is. We didn't know what it was mm. 10 years ago. We, we invested in platinum stocks. But now we're investing in PGM stocks. Now, it says here, the amount of metal produced in 2019 is forecast to be below de- global demand for the eighth year in a row. And it says, as a secondary product of platinum and nickel extraction, miners have less flexibility to increase Palladium output in response to rising prices. So it's not as if you've got three mines all in a row. There's one platinum. Yeah. A smaller one, which is yeah. palladium, and a smaller one, which is rhodium and iridium. They all come from the same mine. You have to extract it. So you can't just say, we, we're going to dig more because we want more palladium, because it's a byproduct almost. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 you have to mine all of them. Yes. You know, you can't just, you can't be discerning. And, of course, you've got to dig de- deep to get them. Uh, what's interested me, and look, in the basket or in the uh, PGM basket, you get a fair amount of, uh, of palladium out. Um, I'm surprised it's, it, it's always been a poor cousin. And uh, just getting a note from an analyst, from our analyst, and that what I didn't understand is that um, it says palladium covers the surface area of the converter for a longer period without needing to be replaced, therefore converting emissions to standards for the lifespan of a car up to 15 years. So where there are very strict emission standards, for some reason that I can't explain because I'm nothing more than an accountant and I used to be an accountant, I'm even bad at that at the moment, but I certainly know nothing about uh, metals and how they age and, and how you use them, but apparently uh, platinum doesn't last as long as palladium. So, um, 
it says here palladium loaded autocanalists emitted less sulfur content in diesel fuels because of palladium results in less sintering. Is that a word? I don't know. No, it is now. Gas. I don't know. <laughs> I know. So, so I, I think that's, that's perhaps, uh, where this is all about, you know, this, this fact that, that you can't get the switch that easier to palladium into, into platinum and people are choosing rather palladium, which is going to be in short supply. So it, it's, you know, when you look at the chart, even on Friday, Lindsay, I was sitting mm. here and it was a 10% gain. Yes. In a metal. I mean, that's big. We've never seen that in oil unless there's atomic bombs falling or something really serious. It's but, gone up uh, 25% in two weeks, and that was when the BBC yeah. article was written, which was two days ago. Mm. And I do believe that it's doubled, almost doubled in, probably has doubled by now in, in one year, which is a lot. 80% of palladium is used in the catalytic converters, of, of course. We know that. And as you say, it's more resilient than platinum. When I was talking to John Bickard about this, when I was talking to his policy towards PGM stocks on the JSE, and he said it takes two years to switch. I think that's mm. what he said. But anyway, I stand to be corrected, but I think it was two years to switch from one metal to another. So it's not just like flicking a production line and saying, right, no. here's, here's some bars of uh, palladium, um, put them away, and we're going to go back to, to platinum. The other thing is, if they do decide to switch, and everybody will eventually, then the market, of course, knows about this, and the mm. car companies will stock up on the platinum through derivatives or the physical metal, and it'll start immediately, even though the actual conversion does mm. take much, mm. much longer. Mm. Mm. No, exactly. That's that's the nature of markets, and it's going to happen somewhere along the line. You know, in my experience in in watching commodity markets, even though I'm not directly involved, uh, you don't get these kind of movements forever. Somewhere down the line, um, you know, the bubble bursts, and I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, these are not only natural users that are buying it. In other words, people for production, but I'm sure there's a lot of speculation around it as well. So anyway, um, for whatever it is, it's, 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 it's a huge boost to the platinum or palladium miners and uh, particularly to places like Sabanya. So Sabanya, I mean, just through the roof, and old Froneman has suddenly become a superhero you know, from, mm. from the struggles, from, from, from recycling tailing dams now and old mines to suddenly uh, an absolute superman. He's a proper mm. miner in, in, in the old South oh, African yeah. sense of the word. I mean, he's a tough nut, that chap. Yeah, no, he's not, he's not an accountant like we've got at other places. You know? yeah. Oh, Neil's, Neil's hectic. <laughs> Good for him. I, you know, I've got nothing against him now. I'm glad that success is coming. So, yeah, uh, we, you know what's interesting about Sabanya though? I mean, even with all of this, if you go back to a chart and you go back to, uh, three years, four years ago, less than four years, three and a half years ago, yes. Sabanya was up at 70 rand. You know that? After the split, of course, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they still, they're still way above their, uh, you know, their highs. And even with the incredible gains that we've seen over the last uh, couple of years, I think you could still have got caught in this one quite badly. So, you know, mm. we haven't, I think it, it, it hasn't been a, an incredibly outstanding performer over the last, you know, five, six, seven years.
Where was uh, the right fish? Because, just of that, because of that heap, you know, that, that we saw. Just go back a little bit and let's contextualize this. I mean, it came from 70, and I'm sure there's someone with a 70 Rand share certificate yeah. that he's looking at now yeah, and saying, exactly. not, not <laughs> only another 30 Rand to go, and I've, I've, I've yeah, broken even. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, that's exactly, that's the nature of mining. You know, that's the nature of investing in, in mining companies. Uh, it's not one way. You know, the, 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 that's, the, that's the volatile nature of, of buying gold shares or whatever. Go, so, go back to yeah. the rights issue. What was the what price did you follow your uh, rights in Savannah? Uh, Wasn't it thirteen or fourteen or something like I that? I don't know. Maybe even Could lower. Yeah. And that yeah. wasn't that long Could ago. That was the end of that was mm-hmm. the fourth quarter of last year, I think, wasn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So but that was no that was to buy um that was to alleviate debt. At that stage, I mean, he had no idea. As as you remember Impala did a similar deal. They converted their um they converted their dollar debt into equity, which is a hugely expensive way of financing a company to issue more equity. I think they were under such pressure um, 15, 16 months ago that they, they embarked on that deal. Now, if they knew that the palladium price was going to go to 2,500, I'm not sure they would have been that fast uh, to do, you know, to convert debt because debt in the longer run is cheaper. You eliminate debt. You know, but you don't eliminate your equity shareholders. They're there for life. So, yeah. Anyway, just so the final word on Palladium before we get to the broader market. The metal soaring value in recent years has seen a jump in the theft of catalytic converters around the world. For example, David, <laughs> London's Metropolitan Police said the number of thefts in the first six months of 2019 were more than 70% higher than the whole of the previous year. And that was when it was probably mm-hmm. 1,200, 1,300 or something. And now it's 2,500. Yeah. You can imagine those chaps going I out did. and going at, getting underneath the cars and dismantling them. I wouldn't know what it looked like, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not suggesting we form a gang. So <laughs> I've got a uh, very interesting. I'm, I'm just trying to look at the yield on uh, Sabanya shares. I'm trying to go back that five years. Yeah, if we go back five years, uh, look, it's 106. That's uh, 106 percent return, but it's nowhere near the kind of return that we saw last year of about 300 percent. So you've had these hiccups over the last five years. If we go about three years or four years, you've got a different set of circumstances. So yeah, that's that's the nature of 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 the game. You know, that's that's what we go through. But uh, listen, when you catch it at the bottom, I mean, uh, the gains are incredible. Yeah. Now let me do a three-year chart here. Yeah, so if you bought them three years ago, nah. I'm, I'm messing it all up, yeah. I'm not going to go through that. Okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> We've done enough on Sabonia. Let's have a look at the yeah. uh, a couple of headlines here. IMF cuts SA growth forecast. So yeah. we've had the World Bank, now the IMF joins yeah. the party, mm. uh, 0.8% in 2020. Mm. I still think that's maybe a little bit uh, a little bit high. Yeah. I was talking maybe half a percent, something like that. Mm. I think you're right. I think, you know what worries me? And, and I promise you it's a worry. I'm not, I don't get joy out of this. But when you start, I like to read headlines, and the headlines give you a guideline as to where we are. And when you read that, you know, uh, um, Glencore going to lay off six or seven hundred because of the Marafi uh, smelter, um, we had Transnet. I think one of the big stories today was not Transnet, the Telcom. Sorry. Yes. Then we've got the other big story today. Uh, you know that SAA haven't paid their bills. You know that the government hasn't 
come up with this with the two billion. Yes. You know, so all along you're getting signs of enormous strain on the economy. There's nothing to help us around. There's no good news stories um, that we're picking up. Besides, of course, the uh, the you know the palladium story. So I think look globally we have seen um, you know we're seeing the IMF cut economic forecast globally, but I think we're coming down way way beyond. Where it is, if 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 the world economy is three percent or three and a half, this three point two, three point four, I don't know what the IMF are calling it. Um, South Africa at 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 one percent or a half a percent, wherever it is, is way way behind where we should be. That that's a worry. Yeah, uh, and yes, I saw something else, and I can't remember what publication or what institution put this word out. Was that South Africa is considered or considered by whoever it was in the top twenty? economies to watch and I say well I don't know we've been watching it for a while and nothing's happened but maybe they maybe they they see this as the bottom maybe it's not going to go spiking up but maybe it's the worst is over who knows I, I can't I can't answer that because you need something you know you need uh, some kind of structure underneath that to give us the lift and we can't find that it's not in manufacturing it's not in tourism you know what I mean? It's it's where where we're going to find the momentum to give us that kind of lift. Uh, we can't go back on history. You can't rely on history. Go back to the 70s and 80s because you had a different kind of world economy. You had a world economy that was drive, driven by manufacturing, by commodities, by uh, global trade. Today, it's it, it, it's a completely different. It's driven by data. It's driven by um, streaming, by gaming, by, um, you know, all kinds of storing your data on in the cloud. And there's so many different drivers that we're not, you know, that, 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 that are, um, giving world growth a lift, which we're not part of. So I, I find it difficult to, um, you know, to find what's going to give us that kind of lift. Um, and, and we need reform. You know, we need, we need people to come back here and start manufacturing and they're not going to do it with the present labor laws. Uh, in fact, we're doing the opposite. We're laying off people. Mm. So I, I think there are a lot of things that we have to get through, a lot of issues we have to get through before you can call, um, that kind of turnaround. And even the Reserve Bank, you know, I think we discussed it last week after the Sechak came out with his, um, uh, forecast for the next three years. We're not seeing growth um, above 2%. It's all below 2% for the next three years. Yeah, the other thing is as well, when you follow Twitter occasionally, I, I go quiet on it for a couple of days, but then start looking at um, all my feeds. And there's there's been two or three tweets I've noticed from people that have been to shopping centers and saying, the shops are boarded up. They've got mm. stickers on them to let, mm. and, and and that sort of thing. And the the, mm. the people in the stores seem completely dejected. There's they're not getting any mm. commission. And it's just a retail story as well as a production story. Mm. No, so not just consumption, but also uh, production isn't doing well at the moment, despite some half decent retail sales numbers from last week. Look, they're half decent. You know, that's it's exactly that. You know, if we if we're slightly ahead of last year, we're not running away. They're not exactly staggering, and a lot of the companies are coming out have had offshore businesses that are doing well. Fashini in Australia, uh, to us, slightly, you know, doing fairly okay in uh, in the UK. Nothing exceptional, 
but locally, I don't know whether um, you know whether there's really the momentum. And a lot of it, you got to remember, came from um, Black Friday, which was a discounted uh, sale. So we don't know what the margins were and what this means, you know, for those, uh, you know, for the bottom line. If we sell them and nothing, sure, you're doing the turnover, but we're not quite sure what the profitability is. So we'll see that coming through. But Lindsay, it's, it's, you know, I, strangely, I was in Santon yesterday and it's, mm. it's a staggering, staggering, um, shopping area. Um, I've been to Australia, I've been to the US, you know, I mean, I'm talking Manhattan and it's an absolutely beautiful, place but as you say you know you walk through you don't see you know you, it's, it's not teeming with people buying stuff yes they go to the the restaurants and they buy uh takeaway foods and so on but it's not you know it's not overflowing so i think what you're saying is you know i can't i can find parking pretty easily it's not that you're struggling to find parking but it's uh you know from from, from a you know from a shopping area and experience it's really is high class Yes, if you walk from the Santon Sun towards the Santon City and you go down that corridor where you've got Gucci and yeah. Prada and Burberry's yeah. and everything else, I've never seen anyone in one of those shops. I mean, I'm too frightened <laughs> to look in there in case someone catches my eye and arrests me or something. Customer, eh? yeah, <laughs> they only need one customer a day, I suppose. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> At the prices that they sell those bags mm. and shoes and various things. Well, they call but the, right. they call the one… You don't see it. Mm-hmm. They call the one at the V&A waterfront in Cape Town uh, that, that same sort of similar uh, upstairs corridor of really high-end stores. They call it death row because no one ever goes there, and you, there's quite death a high tur- <laughs> there's quite a high turnover of of, of stores there. So that one works. I mean, there's one Scandinavian shop there which no one's ever heard of, and I looked in there and I thought, what is this? I haven't even heard of you, but here you are. You've been conned into coming here. And mm. there's, a, there's, there's mm. like 15,000 rand for uh, a pair of shoes or a jacket or a T-shirt mm. for you know, mm. 3,000 rand. It's ridiculous. Who can afford that rubbish? I mean, they can get it cheaper mm. in Europe if they're, if they're targeting the European mm. market. Now, clothes are very expensive in South Africa. You're paying massive duties on imports. But I suppose and – and I don't think that cash that used to be flowing around that came out of empowerment deals and came out of – you know, various other areas, I think, is there anymore. So it, 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 it's beginning to hurt. Um, I'd love to see what the high-end car manufacturers are doing. But I suppose they, 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 those are the drug dealers and various other dodgy characters that, <laughs> that we have around, you know. You mean so, uh, financial but, services people? <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look. I look. I love to look at our. I love to look at our parking lot here in Melrose Arch. You know. We've uh, listen. We've got the best. Do you, you, you know Melrose Archer, we've got... Well, in the um, old days I did, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's completely uh, changed its character since I was last at JB's Corner. Yeah. No, of course, we've got, uh, you know, we've got the McLaren agencies here and the various other ones here in shops here, oh, yeah. which are, um, I mean, there's some incredible... Mo- and it's always full in there. There are always people there. There's a coffee bar in there and so on. So um, you've 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 still got uh, you've still got money that's floating around. I don't want to I don't want to st- uh, try and identify the people who've gone there. I don't know, but uh, it's a very very colourful area. 
Yes, it is. Uh, quite a colourful day on the JSC on the upside because you've got mm. one, two, three, four of the top five movers of the big stocks yeah. at the moment with yeah. half an hour to go are people that dig things out the ground. So Banya Goldfields, mm-hmm. Harmony and Platts. Bidcorp was up there as well. On the downside, a Telcom's day a week in the sun has now turned a little bit cloudy because it's down around about 5.5%. Yeah. And you've got your Mass Mart and Imperial mm-hmm. and Coronation Managers uh, mm. down as well. What are you seeing? Are you seeing anything else? Any other stories, David? No. No, I, look, we, we're a bit short of news. You know, we're a bit short of, of major stories. I think uh, you what what is coming through is uh, we're seeing Intu gave a, a trading update here, which has taken those shares down about another 3%. We're seeing quite a bit of pressure in the UK on Hammerson and Capital and Counties. You know, I mentioned those because those do affect us here. Both of those are listed here. So we're seeing quite a bit of pressure on the listed sector, uh, you know, listed property sector here um, because of the weakness in, 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 in the UK. Um, but but o- overall, that market's been under a bit of pressure. British American Tobacco, LVMH, um, also taking a bit of strain, ABM Bev, not not too much. So that's you know that's we were it was bound to happen. We were bound to have you know we were bound to get some kind of uh, um, response here um, after after the kind of gains that we've seen. But um, I think I think overall uh, it's not a great day here. We're down. We're, we're lifted by gold. We're lifted by those platinum shares. But I think overall the selling that we've seen. Uh, as a result of fears about where this economy going just continues. Yes, indeed. Uh, so we're, a lack of news, but I'm sure that'll pick yeah. up. It's Martin Luther King Day in the United States, so we're not going to yeah. get much direction from them tonight, obviously. Um, so let's talk about football as we habitually do. And let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool versus Manchester United. I was reading an article in the Telegraph today about the hatred and the rivalry between United and Liverpool. And there was a, a chap called Jim Beglin who used to play for Liverpool. I know Jim Beglin, yeah. Yeah, he he was saying there was a, a semi-final between Liverpool and Manchester United, and it was at Goodison Park. It was a neutral ground in those days. Mm. They didn't go to Wembley. And he said the violence was, was scary. There were people with golf balls studded with, with nails, and they were lobbing them at each other. And the spitting of, on the players and the, the verbal abuse, mm. it was awful. And you... Did you see the Manchester United bus being greeted by the Liverpool fans two hours before the kickoff? That was also no. a little bit fruity. I, I, you know what? I don't know what the Liverpool people have got to fear. Mm. I mean, they're such, they were so superior. I don't think they had really anything to, uh, to worry about. And I think that came through in the game. You know, it never looked like uh, Man United as hard as they puffed and huffed and puffed that they were ever going to do anything. They're so, they're just so bereft of any talent mm. of anybody up there to change the result. If I was a, if I was a Liverpool supporter, I would have just felt sheer, you know, just not the sympathy for them. It, 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 it wasn't even a, you know, look, I think Liverpool made hard work of it. Man United just look awful. Just got, they've got no one there. Yeah, I, they've got I, no I, one there who can change a game. I fear for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. If you see his face now, yeah. he, he's, he's gone. He looks very grey, very tired. He must have aged five years in the last six months since he had that blistering start to his career. Yeah. And unfortunately for him, Marcus Rashford is now out for uh, maybe two to three months because of a double stress fact, fracture yeah. of, the, of his spine. So he's their best player, for goodness sake. Yeah, there's no one. You know what? I, th- I, th- I, think, I think overall, I, I don't know what's happened to British soccer, but the team's that were there last year have just fizzled away. Mm. Um, Spurs, I mean, Spurs, 
Really, last year they were in contention. They were they were challenging for a top spot at one stage. Just gone, yeah. you know, just fizzled away. And I think you can say that Arsenal are just not even there. I mean, I don't know where they are. They're lucky if they finish tenth. They certainly certainly can't have ambitions of finishing in the top six. Um, and and these are big names. Chelsea, the same thing. Yeah, Chelsea, so, I don't know Newcastle. I mean, come on. You know now. what? I, I sure, but Lindsay, I don't know whether the money's run out. You know, whether the, whether the chaps who came with the big checkbooks just can't do it anymore. And uh, I know that Arsenal haven't got the money anymore. I would imagine. I know Chelsea are under a ban. But man, even Man City uh, squad looking just that one or two men too tired. You know, the chaps who really made a change are not there anymore. You know, for them to, to come back and then just to draw is also something else. So the, the, just the league, and, and it's the battlers who are winning the games, you know, those who haven't got the big names and that, that are just kind of bashing out victories, and good luck to them. Yes, very good luck indeed, and good luck to you as well, David. We'll speak uh, again tomorrow with Nick Kunzo on the 5 o'clock shadow. For now, though, that was David Shapiro from Sassman Securities in Melrose Arch, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.